Underground. both still there yes <laughs> yep okay <laughs> ronald saying hello made me think i hung up on somebody oh no 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 <laughs> No, i realized when you um when you said all right uh and there was this kind of pause that you know normally we start off one of these episodes and i kind of feel like i'm i'm raring to go but talking about uh birth of a nation is very similar to me to sitting down to watch Birth of a Nation, which is to say that I felt a little bit like I was taking my medicine when I when I was going to see this this uh, film. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. I'm John. I'm Steve. I'm Ron. Are you sure about that? And, yeah, I, I'm always conflicted about the Ron Ronald thing, honestly. But yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I felt more conflicted today. But I'm Ronald. Well, um. When you do stand up, are you go by Ronald, right? Yep. Or do you go by Ron? Ronald. Okay. Does anyone know you as Ron James? Uh, I get called all sorts of things: Ron, Ronnie, Ro, Buddy. <laughs> really? <laughs> so people, people call people call you Ro. Yeah, man. That's I. I don't know why people. Oh, just, like Ronald. Yeah. I get called Ronnie a whole ton, but uh, yeah. Well, all, I can see all. the Ro. I can I can see the Ronald or. That, but just like stopping after row, it seems kind of interesting to me. <laughs> like they just gave up on you. Like they, they didn't even think you were worth the second right, syllable right. of just your like, name. <laughs> well, Ronald, I've been actually, I've been meaning to mention to you, mm-hmm. um, I somehow ended up accepting the friendship of a person named Ronald James. Really? On, on uh, Facebook. And, and <laughs> that dude that stole my pictures? I, well, no, it, it didn't look like you or anything, but it said Ronald James, and then it said um, mutual friend Ronald James. <laughs> that guy stole my pictures. Oh, is that who it was? But anyway, this guy, but he randomly posts like links to all these sort of like you know like a video of a girl twerking or something mm. like that. But it takes me; it took me a while. I don't really see him in my feed anymore. So once I realized it was very clearly not you. I, d- I left it in there only because I wanted to mention it to you and say, who the hell is this guy? But I guess you're saying you don't know who this guy is. He added me as a friend, and then he just started adding, like, taking my pictures and posting them like they were his. So he'd be like, this is a delicious meal. I'm like, that is a meal that I had. That's so <laughs> weird. I, I was, he kept doing it over and over again. So, stuff without my face in it, he took the pictures for. It. Even pictures of me with my shoes. It got weird, man. I had to tell him to... Eat, eat, eat one. It got I awkward. didn't see any pictures. I didn't see any pictures that I recognized as yours. So maybe I didn't see that face. But the one picture I did see was of a guy who looked like he could be your cousin or something. Yeah, yeah. Wearing like a uniform, like a security uniform or something. Maybe it was a Halloween costume, but I couldn't tell. And I was thinking like that could be a cousin of Ronald's or something. So I, I again, I thought maybe oh he he friended me because of just the way Facebook works. But he keeps posting uh, links from some. Um, I think it's a Facebook group or a YouTube channel that's called Tell Them Why You Mad. (laughs) 
But uh, every time I saw it, I was like, oh, next time you see Ronald, mention that and, and find out if he does have like a kind of a, a lame cousin. Nope. <laughs> this guy just took my pictures and, and called them his yeah. own. All right. Well, got to the bottom of that. Thanks. Take it as a compliment that I knew it wasn't you. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a twerk poster, man. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're gathered here to talk about slavery, right? Yes. <laughs> Motion motion picture slavery. Um, Nate Parker's Birth of a Nation. Which takes its name from the film from 1915, which probably anyone who ever took a film appreciation class had to watch, which is W.D. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, which was, in addition to being kind of a foundational movie in terms of the way Hollywood movies were going to be made, but it was also highly influential. Um, basically, it was propaganda for the Klan. Right. Yeah. It didn't like Klan membership increase like 300 percent. it's like a crazy statistic like that once that movie came out i don't know how much it's directly definitely attributable to the film but definitely the film puts forth this this uh you know this kind of noble vision of the ku klux klan mm. so i think it was very deliberate and very pointed that when nate parker made this film which tells the story of the nat turner slave revolt that he chose that name, but there's so much more to this. Uh, where do you guys want to start with Birth of a Nation? I guess, I guess we should talk about the controversy before we talk about the movie itself, right? Because that 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 has affected between the hurricane that happened the weekend that it came out and the controversy surrounding Nate Parker. I feel like it affected the outcome of the first week. Um, so maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, in simplest terms, in 1999, Nate Parker and a friend of his were accused of raping a woman. And then later, Nate Parker was acquitted and his friend was the charges stuck. And he ended up spending a couple of years in prison. It's a tricky process. He actually ended up appealing after he was sentenced to six months, and then he got his sentence lengthened. Mm -hmm. The story is just very sordid and sad. The, the victim was supposedly harassed for, for months afterwards until she eventually mm -hmm. left school, and her life really never got back on track after that. And eventually, in 2012, she killed herself, um, which is something that supposedly Nate Parker didn't know about until he was uh he just he supposedly just found out which i don't believe at all yeah i was gonna say I, I don't buy that personally there's no way there's no way that somebody that has had such an impact on your life you don't know something so horrific happened to them i don't believe it and i think the main thing about his response that has that has set people off because again if you look at what happened he went through legal channels and he was acquitted and Right. Whatever we want to say about the harassment, whatever we want to say about the sort of culture we're living in now where we would look at a situation like that probably a lot more seriously and maybe she would have had more support in today's world. I don't know. Right. Maybe it hasn't gotten that much better, but I think people are very aware of it. But I think part of what has made it really rough if you're trying to give him any benefit of the doubt at all um, is that he's rather unrepentant about it. So whenever he gives a statement, he sort of defiantly says he won't apologize for it because he did nothing wrong. And I think that really sounds bad when so much of what we've learned or what we are saying now about victims and how they should be treated is that having your story heard and being validated in that is extremely important because it allows other people to witness that and come forward. So there is something kind of unsettling about his his sort of 
not quite flippant, but the way he wants to kind of brush it off. But on yeah. the same token, he's 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 trying to publicize a film that involves the work of a lot of other people, and he's having to field these questions every time. Now, I, I personally, I think this is the kind of charge that just sticks to you, and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? The timing of the scandal and how it relates to the movie. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously they they time it for when a movie's coming out or when a movie is kind of like in its peak. I mean, this movie came out of Sundance, like the biggest acquisition in Sundance history. So, I mean, it's like on the radar of any major news outlet that has anything to do with media. And I mean, you know, anytime, whether that was already in the barrel or this is something that kind of, kind of became bigger during that timeline. I mean, you know, any news outlet that has information like that, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to release it when it's most relevant in terms of an audience to listen to it, especially a story like this where, you know, many people believe that they're, you know, maybe maybe some people got away with some things that they shouldn't have and or whatever you believe about it, the audience is the largest for this story when the movie or this movie is uh you know, most relevant. So it's it, it sucks in a lot of ways cuz like John said like you know, the guy can't talk about a movie you can't talk about this product that so many other people also had a hand in without addressing or having to address, um, you know, this this accusation from, you know, 17 or 16 years ago. So it's tough. But, I mean, I do think the timing is relevant for the intended audience and the idea of getting a story out there or, you know, having an uh, an outlet to actually say something about it. I, I think he's like, a, I think he's a, like spoken about it. I'm not 100%. I was trying to look it up to verify this, but I feel like it, it came up like when he was promoting um, the movie that he was in a couple years ago. Beyond the Lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beyond, Beyond the, the Lights. Lights. So I, f- I, feel like it, I feel like it may have come up back then. I can't be, for sh- I can't be sure, but I know that like, I feel like it came up before this movie like was about to blow up. But um, I don't know. I I just think that Ah oh, man, it's it's just tough to say because I mean, you want somebody to be able to talk about a movie or talk about a product or an effort or something like that that just not he is responsible for. He may be the driving force behind it, but I mean, so many people are involved in a process like this in movie making, especially a movie of this scale. Um, but like we've said before, like we've talked about this like ridiculously a, a long amount of time since we've kind of been following this, but it's just like. I think the most important thing has always been whether or not you it's not it's not even whether or not like me as a as a person that supports film and wants to go see movies and wants to know about people that are making movies like I don't know the thing with him is like it's not so much like just to say we we want you to apologize we don't want you know like if you didn't do something or you believe you didn't do something that's one thing but I feel like every time the topic has come up He's been so, and and I can't relate. So, I mean, this is this maybe this is, I can't relate to this because I've never been in the situation. But when I read a moment like that, it's like the sooner you acknowledge the conversation of what you know they're going to talk to you about, as annoying as it is to you if, you, if you're done with this topic, it just seems like you could acknowledge it and, and address it and then move on. Like, let, let, let it be over in that interview. But, like, everything I've ever seen of him talking about it, like, it's just the most awkward, like, poorly handled conversation I feel like possible. And, um, like, we were all talking about the one that you sent around, Ronald. I think it was, like, was it the Today Show or something like that? 
It was um, the sixty minutes one. I sent the Today yeah, Show one and the sixty minutes one. Yeah, the the Today Show one was the one I had like just watched because I was on vacation, but I, I tried to watch it while I had like internet, and uh, like it was just so uncomfortable. Like when she first brought it up, he kind of was just like playing dumb, like. Not, not that he didn't know what she was talking about, but just like, oh, you didn't see the other interview I did about this? I don't care how many times it's going to be brought up. You are an actor, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a writer, you're in the media, and you're willingly going to do interviews about your movie that you want to talk about. You cannot go into those moments and not know that it's going, it's going it, that somebody's not going to bring it up. Yeah, You know, that may not be fair, but that's just reality. And I, I feel like the way he's the way he's like the way he reacts to everything, you know, when 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 in whether it's in the print or live video or whatever it's been, it's just like it just it just it just really really bothers me the way, um, the, the I don't know just the way he's handled it. It just I know that's a kind of a tangent, but yeah, yeah. it's just uh, it's really weird to me. I don't think he should – here's my issue. I don't think that he should have to answer every time he has an interview. The problem is – here's the problem to me. He hasn't had any accountability when it comes to the situation, and his attitude towards it seems kind of cavalier. I, I wish I wish at some point – he his would would have done it for me because I don't, I don't think that he should have to answer it every interview. I don't think he should be nice to everybody every interview. If he had one interview that was definitive – one that answered all the questions in a clear way that wasn't vague or dismissive or snarky or shitty where people understood what his emotion was, there wouldn't be this prying. Because it's, like, it's not like he answered the question well on one of the interviews and then people are asking him to do it again. He has never had a interview, a definitive interview, where he seems remorseful for... Not even the act. Suppose he didn't do the act, right? And he was just accused of it and didn't do it. He has a hand in the circumstances. He had a threesome with this person, a person that he barely knew. He got into the situation. So there's an amount of chaos that you're throwing in when you have an extra person involved. There's alcohol involved. There, there's some accountability that has to be taken when you put yourself in that situation. And as an adult, you have to acknowledge that. Well, there, there's issues of consent. There's issues of consent. I think that the one thing he has admitted uh, is that he did not expressly receive consent, you know, um, which, again, I think that is a thorny issue for a lot of people. There's Absolutely. a lot of, I mean, I, however, I don't think there's really that much room for interpretation if you assume that yes means yes, and that's the way consent is is done, sure, you know? Sure, um, But But I don't know that everyone's always been in their best mind. I don't know that mm-hmm. everyone's always been enlightened. And the fact that he has never allowed for any of his own misinterpretation of those events is yes. what makes him seem so exactly. so so cold. And I'm not saying he should he should act out those feelings so that he can get the press off his back. But I do think he missed that chance. He did to seem several times. to seem remorseful and to seem like he had grasped the situation. He always seemed sort of defensive. Yeah, I think that's why it leaves such a weird taste in your mouth when you think about honoring this person's achievement. This is not unique amongst filmmakers who've been allowed to continue making films and yes. have successful careers. We've got Woody Allen. We've got Roman Polanski. Um, Who have uh, never explained people... their situations, by the way. Well, Roman Polanski, it's everything's pretty much on the table. He just is avoiding... I mean, he's just he's just 
stays out of the United States to avoid <laughs> prosecution. Um, and, but, I mean, everyone pretty much knows the facts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, e- even his victim has said that she doesn't wish for him to be incarcerated or ruined or anything. But I think that that's a lot of graciousness on her part. That's not really something for Roman Polanski to decide, you know, and decide he doesn't have to pay. And he's made films that have been highly regarded. And Woody Allen obviously has continued to have a career. And even if you don't think... That situation is so tricky, but if we are to believe the victim, which is always the the best place to start, um, then, you know, there's some pretty heinous uh, things that he's done. And he's still Woody Allen. He's still name brand guy, still gets the actors that he gets, anyone he wants. So we're not talking about necessarily a scene where we expect Nate Parker to be somehow prohibited from making films. Even Mel Gibson is making a comeback, you know, slowly but surely. Um, So... uh, I don't think that if people can make money off of you in Hollywood, I don't think there's any there's any true exile that, that prevents you from being productive. Kind of to, to what Steve was saying, you are a public figure. Whether it's fair or not, it, that's that's part of the bargain. you know. And I'm not saying that with any glee. I don't like when somebody gets publicly shamed. I, I feel no. it gross inside. No, no, no. And, and, and you're both right. I mean, and I think what I, what I was trying to get at, like, is just that because of what Ronald said, you know, you're going to you're going to continue to be asked the same question because you missed your chance to properly address it. Right. And I mean and that and I think that's what he kind of you know if you want to call it suffering through or being subjected to whatever it is. I mean every every subsequent interview that he did in any kind of form of media that's what each person is trying to do is yeah. to see if they're the outlet that gets to interview him and actually gets him to show some sort of acknowledgement and like you were saying the accountability for his involvement. And whatever did happen, and you know it, 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 it never even to, you know to this point. I don't, I don't truly believe it actually has happened to this point. And I mean, even after he's, you know, cutting Robin Roberts off and saying, "Did you watch the sixty minutes? Did you see this?" Like that, like to him, that's the definitive thing that should answer everything for everybody. And I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think it's arguable that it that it still doesn't. I mean, it's still it's still not there, which is I think why he's kind of had to be subjected, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, to to that kind of thing, but I mean, you know, it's it's a really it's a really bad situation to be in. Do we think that this is being treated differently by the press or by anyone, Nate Parker himself, because of the racial politics of the situation? Absolutely, and I see how he can get kind of defensive. In general, um, there's something about the language about humbling yourself. Humble is a weird word culturally when it comes to brown people. Gotta tell you, it's super weird. But this is a this is another subject we're talking about. We're talking about something that he's admitted he had some hand in. So it takes away the argument that he could say, you're telling me to humble myself and say something. So it, it's a I'm conflicted about things I've read and seen people saying about Nate Parker, particularly when it comes to like humbling yourself and admitting or or. or putting your guard down and and being uh, softening up about the situation. I don't think you should have to do that so much as he should just be accountable. And that can be done with some dignity. That can be done with some dignity. I don't think that humbling yourself necessarily means that you're stepping aside from your dignity, but we might be getting into semantics at this point. I actually want to say something before we get onto the movie. I want to kind of mention this. Uh, I'm, I, we talked about it a little bit on Facebook and our, you know, sent messages back and forth. But earlier this week, a uh, film blogger and film podcaster who I followed and probably had actually mentioned on the show before, Devin Faraci, who um, was known in social media to be something of kind of a bully. 
and uh, a very thin-skinned person, and he was always blocking people and saying really harsh things to people online. And, and I'd always sort of categorized him as kind of one of the good assholes, you know. He has always been very politically motivated and has always sort of blended social consciousness with his writing about film. And I think that was one of the things I kind of liked about him is that he wrote about, like, comic book movies and Star Wars movies, but with an eye for, like, social critique. But it really seems like he was puffing himself up to be this great forward-thinking progressive, particularly as a male feminist. And and then these allegations come out that he basically did what Donald Trump uh, said he liked to do in the video. And, uh, you know, it was very swift to see how this sort of scandal in today's age... Once that's out there, that someone has accused you of sexual assault or rape, it's like we are, and I think this is a good thing, we're sort of entering into a zero tolerance phase of, of at least public life, where when that kind of thing happens, you cannot sidestep it, you know? Right, right. It was amazing to see how quickly this guy, who had a strong Twitter presence and a website and a podcast, how within a few days, it's like all that's gone. I do like that there is a culture that kind of polices this sort of thing, too, like, um, I know that it's it's going to take a while before people get to a point where it's not so so prominent, but I like that when it when it is acknowledged that it's the person is pretty much wiped out of whatever profession they're doing currently and and you know it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I feel like people's reputations follow them and if it was a single thing you know, I, that's horrible still, but your your reputation kind of follows you around. And, you know, when you have people that are not defending you in any way, shape or form publicly, that, that is a testament to how people feel about you. Because that's what happened to Devin Faraci, Ronald. Like yeah. instantly it was clear that not only was he, did he kind of disappear, but there were people reveling in his defeat. Now, I feel like those people, there's something kind of nasty about that. No one, you're not doing that for the victim at that point. You're doing that for your right. own sense that you just didn't like this guy. <laughs> Which I think is mean as hell. Disgustingly enough, there are more accusations about Devin Faraci coming out in little dribs and drabs. Um uh, just groping women and being lascivious and being unapologetic about it, you know, like not having right, any, right. No, and then continuing to kind of puff himself up, like I said, as a as a as a great male feminist. Uh, yeah. male feminist. It bothers me that now he has hurt the causes that he supposedly had attached himself to, because now it looks like anyone who's puffing themselves up and sticking themselves out there and saying, even though I am a a man, I'm going to talk about feminism in movies, and even though I am a white guy, I'm going to talk about racial diversity and representation in movies, which he wrote about extensively. But now sure. that seems like someone who's overcompensating, and it and it brings this distrust back to the way people talk about these things, and that people just don't think that anyone is being straight you know i guess let's move on to the feelings we might have about this movie itself anybody have any other thoughts about just the the the, the scandal and the nature of that kind of disclosure about someone's personal life that can that can affect your perception of their art i i think through talking to you guys i just realized that it's it's affected me i mean but i have i do have a opinion outside of uh what I believe about Nate Parker. So it's, it's, it's separated enough that I can talk about this fairly intelligently without being kind of belligerent. Cause I, it's, it's a super sensitive situation, uh, su subject for me too, just like it is for you guys. So, um, but Do you I, want to get the ball rolling, Ronald? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so birth of a nation, I have a, I have a problem with it. And I, and I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll try to talk about, try to express it 
and kind of explain what the story is about. So it follows um, Nat Turner's uh, progression as uh, a, a person that was very charismatic, who whose charisma was used to um, kind of spread the word of God around to kind of keep slaves docile, basically. And he realizes through the process that um, he, he doesn't believe any of the things that he's saying. And the same words that he used to create docility, I don't know if that's a real word, uh, there's something, a word similar to that, keeping slaves docile, that, that same word of God can be used to empower people as well. Now, one conflict that I have with this movie that, that I didn't really feel as I was watching this is the heinousness of slavery. Now, I was kind of easy on it when I saw it the first time. And I was like, you know, maybe they're just trying to show that uh, slavery, people try to make slavery the, uh, the best that they could. They worked within the system the best that they could. But I think they made slavery kind of seem like a manageable thing. Which it, which it is not. And it irritated the fuck out of me when I thought about it later. Slavery seems like a fairly reasonable thing in this movie. And it's not. It, it should be more heinous. It should be more jarring. There are only a couple of scenes that really make slavery feel jarring. And and that that's kind of a problem for me. And I don't know. I don't know if that's like sort of a scare tactic to kind of escalate it you know it kind of seemed like people are fairly happy and then it kicks up a notch but it seemed super watered down in that way and that bothered me it does sort of present that there are moments of joy and connection and love and culture that exists that that has a positive side to it and i i i didn't know I've spent the whole movie going, I don't know how accurate any of this is, you know. But I thought in terms of setting up that world, I actually did think that the moments that were horrible punctuated the world. Like, maybe I thought it was kind of trying to lure people into a false sense that right. that this is a better situation than it is. I mean, it really is as though in the beginning we think that this plantation that we're witnessing is like a kinder, gentler plantation or something. And then you see, A, there are many worse ones. And then you see, B, this one is not so kind and gentle when the chips are down. So I didn't think that felt too soft. But that's not to say that I loved the way the film handled that stuff. Um, I personally feel that when you depict that sort of thing, we've, spoke about, we've spoken about this before with just depicting rape in a film or anything horrible, um, that it can feel sort of like it cheapens it because it's making it titillating or it cheapens it because it's making it, um, you know, it's like, it's like tragedy porn or something. Yeah. I, I just like, I feel I become more and more critical of the movie. The more I think about it. Um, I do think that, that it had some pretty powerful moments. Like I, I think I mentioned the scene last time, like the, the, the scenes that really kind of affected me, like with perspective on things that maybe I don't fully understand, maybe kind of what Ronald was getting at earlier. It's like, you know, the scenes where he actually starts going around to the other, like, neighboring plantations and then kind of gets perspective on, um, you know, on, on kind of what's happening there. Um, like, those scenes, I think, were probably some of the most powerful parts of the movie. Um, the, the scene where, I can't remember exactly which one it was in the series, but, like, where he starts seeing, like, how, you know, people are being, like, force-fed. and yes. Like that, that 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 visit, like that scene right there, like that whole setup and the execution of that whole scene was pretty was pretty great actually. I thought, I mean, in the worst possible way, but um, 
like the realization that he comes to while he delivers that sermon when he makes that visit um was was pretty well shot and was probably the best part of the movie for me um I had a lot of issues with like some of the acting. Um, I thought he kind of overacted a bit. I had a big issue with Army Hammer in general. I didn't really, didn't really dial into him really at all in the movie. I don't know. It's weird. Like I, 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 I have trouble talking about the movie and like not thinking about Twelve Years a Slave. Like with with two like very important films coming out within a few years of one another. Like, yeah, I, I, I kept thinking of that one too, and I didn't want to compare them in my mind because that feels like the most obvious. Like you right, feel bad, right. you feel bad for comparing it to something, you know, like that. But, but I did think at different points that, whereas Twelve Years a Slave had this amazing filmmaking going for it, um, right? Exactly. I, I don't know that this one always had that kind of cinematic reach and cinematic uh, grandeur to it. And again, I know that that's not necessarily the name of the game, but again, clearly that's what he was trying to do. But I, I also think that, that this guy stretched a dollar. If I mean, if he made that movie for ten million. That's a there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of production value that he managed to eke out but it still felt there was something something and I think the acting had a lot to do with it there was something that felt sort of for as grim as it is and as violent as it is there was something kind of after school special absolutely I mean yeah. everything was very on the nose I think is the short way to say what I'm trying to say is that you were talking Definitely. about a little yeah. bit of overacting it all felt very on the nose and it felt very I felt kind of bludgeoned by it at certain points, but I do think sequences and scenes and chunks of the movie would would kind of perk me up a little bit because I would be kind of intrigued to see what was happening. And I did think some of the character relationships that 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 developed were were interesting. But yeah, Army Hammer. There's just something there's something odd about him in this film, and I can't quite tell yeah. what it is. It's like he's he's hamming it up, man. Oh, dude, like his beard and his teeth do more acting than he does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I agree, man. Something super hammy about what he was doing. It just didn't feel... You're right about... You know what it felt like? Uh, When you watch um, older movies depict pirates... Yeah. You're a slave. Everybody had a similar sort of growl to them that really pissed me off. And it was weird, man. Like... And I get, and I get that it's it's kind of to show the viciousness of a person, but there could have been some subtlety. Like, um, I guess when I think about Twelve Years a Slave, all the slave masters that they showed in that had very different personalities, and it made them unique and and memorable, and it stuck with me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like seeing yeah, seeing definitely. the way that these characters were. And it was subtle. Some of it was subtle. Some of them were very crazy. Some of them were subtle. And kind of seeing the differences made you understand why it could be such a different thing to go to a different plantation. Whereas, you know, all of them were vicious in this movie, which I think they're all slave masters were probably vicious. But sure. give give them a different voice. It feels like you're writing all of it in one voice. And that just seems like, I, I don't know, that might just be like a somebody needs to polish the script. Or something like that. The right, voices sounded right, right. the same. And I don't think that every slave master was the same. And I think that just making human beings different people, having the voices sound slightly different, makes all the difference in the world between a good script and one that's eh, you know? De- definitely, yeah. And of course, it also has that whole, I mentioned early on that this was like taking medicine. It's just that whole sense of, 
I'm going to have to sit down and watch this film that I know is difficult already because of the back, the backstory with the director. Um, and that I'm going to be also thinking about how difficult it is to sort of separate your feelings about films about slavery or the Holocaust or things like that, that are such difficult subject matter. You have to really separate your opinion of, of course, we all just, we all agree that it's awful. Slavery was terrible, you know? Um, but you still be able to judge it as a film outside of that, you know? So there's all these things you're trying to do. And I, I do think at certain points, the movie won me over in the sense of, I did forget that feeling of kind of not wanting to be there and not wanting to be watching the film. But how do you guys feel about that? Just the filmmaking itself. So I watch every single slave movie TV show that you can possibly think of. I watched underground, uh, WGN's uh, show really recently, and this is the first iteration of a version of slavery that I've seen that really shows some of the subtleties in some ways that kind of go into um, the tactics that were used to spread the word to kind of create uh, docile people. You know what I mean? Like, I'd never seen it captured quite the way that this movie does it. I've never seen it. If you can give me a movie that pro- that does something like this in this way i'll uh, i'll take it but i haven't seen very many that have yeah particularly the way that religion was used to to do that yes i've never i've never seen religion used in this way in a movie ever when it comes to slavery um in in its effectiveness because there's a difference between like throwing a concept out like that having it fall flat and it not being an effective tool but the way that it was used so that's that's kind of the the conflict that I have. All these criticisms that I have, um, I'm not trying to discount this movie at, as a whole. I don't think that this is a bad movie per se. It just falls flat in some areas. Its effectiveness to to express this idea is way bigger than any I've ever seen. It's 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 done amazingly, and I will never take that away from this movie. Um, so in that way, yeah, I think I think it does add something to uh, the whole scope of telling the story of America. This idea of how religion was used to enforce slavery and effectively do it. And and I've, I've just never seen it done before. So that's, it's huge. I mean, 12 years a slave hit this note as well, but it just made me think about the horrors that you would see on a on a daily basis if you were living that life, you know, like the absolute horrors and the way that that question of, well, when you outnumber the people that are oppressing you, why don't you overtake them, you know? Um, and and like how that, as you said, Ronald, that that, that making someone docile, how that is achieved is so it's just like psychological warfare. I mean, it's so rough to watch. It's so rough to think about. It's so rough to think about the fact that um, it happened not so long ago. It's so rough to think that people have been doing this to each other for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's so rough to think that white people are so good at it. You know, it's just everything about it is so it just made me feel I mean, I didn't have the kind of cliched sense of walking out going like, Oh boy, I feel, I feel guilty or whatever. I just, this one just made me feel sad. Those moments, maybe that kind of, uh, that attempt to show the mundane life, 
lived in between the moments of horror, maybe that was working on me to the extent that I really did just want there to be a happier ending for this story. You know, watching the film, wanting it to, wanting to think that it could end any other way than the way that I knew that it ended uh, historically. Um, and there were a couple of moments that I thought were very effective and that really, I mean, yeah, they punched me in the gut, but I don't, I did not quite feel the, the, the control over the subject matter, the way that I did with 12 years a slave, which itself may be controversial for how uh, accurate or not it is. I don't know. Um, but it too tried to show you some sense of like what, what a slave's life would be like when they were kind of in their downtime or interacting with each other. Right. Is there anything anybody wants to point out? Any characters or uh, or performances that or moments that you think really stood out? There, there was a scene where uh, where his his wife had gotten assaulted, and she's all bruised in bed, and he's he's kind of laying down beside her, crying his eyes out, and she's quoting quoting scripture to justify what happened to her. And that was that messed with me so bad, man. Um, I just I can't even imagine. I've 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 had family members and friends and stuff like that justify terrible things happen to them through scripture, and that's that's a incredibly powerful scene <coughs> that I can relate to in a lot of ways. So that was probably my. Probably the scene that drove me crazy. <laughs> it, it, it was rough. It was rough to watch. Yeah, I think yeah. that scene was was really tough. Um, I did hear though, and I don't know if you guys have heard this, that that was invented. That uh, that Nat Turner's wife was never raped. Oh wow! He created a sort of rape savior plotline for himself in his movie. I mean, there is that question then of how self-aggrandizing would that be? But I agree that as far as how that played in the film, that was really powerful. And that was that makeup. They didn't show it for long, but the makeup uh, of her all, you know, swollen and, and beaten up was just, you know, that was that was that was a like a stomach drop moment when you saw that. You were just like, ugh, because you didn't know quite what they had done, but you knew that wasn't going to be pretty. Right, right. Steve, would you say that you, I guess as a final word about it did you like the movie or I, I don't i definitely didn't respond to it the way that like you know i think i think a lot of the sundance festival crowds did as much um and like i said you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i i had a lot of trouble watching the movie um you know and and trying to completely separate my feelings about the you know the 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 the, the penn state you know uh, accusations um, from from when I watched the movie. I mean, I'm, I I can't I can't hide that. I mean, I, I I was very it was challenging for me to be able to. I mean, I tried to appreciate like this piece of art for what it is, and uh, and I, I think I did for the most part. But there, like you know, some of the things we've talked about um, tonight. I mean, it just made it really hard for me to be able to separate, especially certain scenes um, from the movie that kind of kind of shook me up a little bit but i mean it's not a bad film i'm not going to say it's a bad film and it, it didn't it didn't hit me as much as i it, as hard as i thought it would as a piece of filmmaking um there's there are some good performances and some really effective scenes but um i think for the story um the importance of the story that that it's telling it is something that you know should be seen and and you know it's out there for people to be able to you know to watch and, and experience i mean that's a good thing 
Um, but I, I did have an issue watching it and, and really being able to, um, it, it's interesting, like, because I think like, this is maybe one of the first times that like, I knew all the information or knew as much information as I'd been able to consume before seeing a movie where like most cases, like with some of the people that John had mentioned, like Woody Allen and Polanski or like, you know, even like if you throw Bill Cosby into the mix, like a lot of those things, at least for me personally, like I, I'd already consumed a lot of the art before I found out stuff after, you know, about, you know, the, the cases or the personal issues or like the allegations or, and it, it, it's been a different, definitely a, diff, a different experience for me being able to consume information of what is happening in real life versus this piece of art um, with this film, you know, than it was with any of the other things I mentioned. So it's, it's, it's probably the first time that like I really knew about an issue with a person who put something together in, in, in form of like a movie and, you know, and I, admittedly it was, it was pretty hard for me to be able to like, to be excited about the movie like I was when I'd heard about it, you know, this time, you know, well, not this time, but back, you know, in early 2016 at Sundance. So in that case, it's unique to me because like, I don't know, the more I talk about it a lot, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but it's just like, it was the first, it, it was one of the first experience I had where I knew a lot about something that I did not, that, that I had a really big issue with before being able to go in and see a movie and saying, yes, I can separate it or no, I can't. And like, you know, with some Woody Allen stuff or plants, he like, I, admittedly, I, I, I really didn't catch on to a lot of that stuff until like I, I was a little older and I didn't even know that stuff had happened until I was a little older. And it, it that's a whole different experience for me having seen movies before I found out about the person. I don't know that it changed my opinion on how I felt about those movies. Cause I feel like I was able to watch them as just a movie and now it's been pretty challenging for me to be able to watch Birth of a Nation as like the movie that it's is knowing all the stuff that's going on with uh with Nate Parker and and how he's handled everything with a with a work of art you want to see it before you judge it and that's the main reason I went to see this and in some ways I was glad I did there were some there were some things that made it worth seeing but but I don't know I feel like this kind of content really I I don't know what the value is of continuing to show these sort of degraded, violent images in absence of there being a lot of the other sorts of images, you know, like for a film to become Oscar bait that's by a black director, does it have to deal with black people suffering? Could could it be a black comedy or a black romantic film, you know? Is it always going to be a film about slavery or something or the civil rights movement that, that, that gets taken seriously? It bothers me so much. <laughs> it bothers me so much. Yeah, something I think about constantly. Um, people can't have regular stories, and if they just so happen to be about black people, like for example, the the Luke Cage controversy, people are super angry and say that the show's racist, but it takes place in Harlem. But if nobody ever said that about Friends, nobody ever said that about any other show that had an all white cast, but it, you know, a mostly black cast people go fucking berserk it has a different classification i can't believe that yeah it's 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 insane man it's insane that in 2016 there can't just be a story about a superhero that's in a world that has mostly brown people in it and it's no i mean there were some white characters in it but well you know ronald it's my understanding that they've already made a few at least of these superhero things with white people tell me if i'm right about that (laughs) 
<laughs> man. <laughs> they made a couple, haven't they? Just a few. Just a couple, man. So, yeah, I guess that's our opinions on this thing, man. Um, I feel like it's good to get this off our chest because it's hopefully we will never talk about it again, except I guess when we talk about <laughs> what movies will make our top 10. And I don't know if it's going to be on any of our top 10s. Well, we know the next episode that we have to look forward to will, will be nowhere near as heavy as this episode. There's no chance, even though there'll be lots of death and dismemberment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yep. our next episode is uh, Sleepaway Camp, sh- Meepaway Schmamp, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is, are we considering this a trilogy? What are we what Well, are no, we I think we're, we're trying to do them all. And I was asking, has anybody had any luck rounding up uh, part four yet? I think I have part four. I haven't started. I was actually after, I mean, honestly, I've been wanting to watch every movie except for Birth of a Nation, but I knew I had to go see Birth of a Nation. I finally saw it, and we've talked about it, and now I can move on to all the more frivolous films that uh, that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So that's in two weeks. I guess that's all I got. Cool. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, you can find us at movieshmovie.com, which is uh, obviously our Facebook page uh, now that we've moved over there. That's how all the professionals do it, isn't it? Right, yeah. I mean, we're just starting a trend. I mean, I've actually uh, I've, I've come across a few local businesses recently who have uh their their websites going to their facebook so i think they may actually listen to movie movie and just like copying us i think so we we inspired them <laughs> i'm pretty sure we we made that that bold first step but uh yeah we're also on itunes uh soundcloud google music or google play whatever they're called now mm-hmm. and uh so you can find us on one of those or any really any anything you use to find your podcast most likely and if you can leave us a rating or a star or share, or whatever you can do to help maybe spread the word a little bit, um, you know, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you guys don't have anything else to add, is anything else anybody wants to throw in there real quick? No, I think that's it. Okay, me. cool. Well, as always, you've made our day. Take care. Bye.